Mr. Pop. Have you ever wondered what it'd be like to pair Jamar Chase and Jerry Rice as your two wide receivers in fantasy football? Have you ever wondered what it would be like to start Barry Sanders and Patrick Mahomes in your fantasy football lineup? Then this is the place for you. Encore Fantasy, the only place where the fantasy stars of today face off against the legends of yesterday. There are a lot of fantasy games out there that do simulations. Encore Fantasy is taking actual games from these players' past. It's not simulating them. It's not a guess. You're actually getting a Fred Bolitnikoff game, not what Fred Bolitnikoff might have done at some point. Whether you are new to fantasy football or a better know game, we have something for you. This is the Encore Fantasy Podcast. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first ever Encore Fantasy Games podcast. I am here with Michael Michaud. I'm Ben Stecker. We're two of the founding partners of Encore Fantasy Games, which if you haven't heard of it yet, then it's awesome that you're listening to the podcast. And if you have heard of it, you know that we have the most awesome new historical plus live fantasy football game. That is correct. Not We're not biased or anything, but it's clearly the most awesome. So we're going to introduce the game to you, introduce what we're doing, how we got where we're at, and then we'll talk a little bit about some of the fun stats. We've been running the game now. What are, what are we on? Two weeks of preseason trials that we did there, Mish? Yeah, yeah, I think that's about right. Testing new stuff, went through some hiccups, found out all the bugs, worked them out, but definitely had definitely had two weeks, clean weeks of of preseason action that we were able to kind of, you know, mess around with this game, have some fun with it, see what's possible. And um, if, you know, we weren't already excited for the NFL season, this is another, another reason to be excited for the NFL season. Yeah. So we go a little bit in the background here first, so you can get to know us a little bit. Encore fantasy games basically came out of the pandemic back in 2020 when there was no sports and that sucked for everybody. It sucked for us. Terrible. I, mean, I know it sucks. It's terrible. For us. You can only watch so many like old highlight videos <laughs> on YouTube of games that you've already seen a thousand times before, before you get sick of it. When there's no live sports that what you can do is go back and relive the old sports. And so we came up with a game plan that, that allowed us to do that. And so we developed a game where you could go and randomly generate a week from a historical player's career game log, and those would be your stats. And this obviously would use the high-tech method of Zoom calls and Google spreadsheets and a internet-populated random number drawer. And we all went through, what do we have, 22 guys in the first league ever there? I think we had 16 teams in the league. With the whole panoply of like NFL historical players, we weren't scraping the bottom of the barrel like you would in a normal 16-team fantasy league. Exactly, exactly. And and obviously, with a lot of interest, you could do a lot more That's stuff. Right. And so when it came to draft time, there was always that question of you have your preconceived notions of who's who's the greatest fantasy player of all time. And since we're using historical stats, who do you pick? And there was a little debate about who should be number one overall. But Misha was your brother that had the top pick. Yeah, my brother and my cousin. You know, we're all in the heydays of PPR fantasy. We like receivers who make a lot of catches. So who's a historical receiver who made a lot of catches? Well, Jerry Rice, obviously. He ended up being the number one pick, which with our format didn't quite work out. I think there were probably a lot of people who were like, yeah, that's a good pick. And then... Um, you know, it didn't, it didn't happen for them. I think they did pretty badly because I don't, I don't think Jerry Rice had one good game. We'd have to go back and look through our, our spreadsheet of all this to see. Jerry Rice was great when he was great, but he played for so long. And the way our format works, when we're drawing random games, you could get one of those great games that he had early on. 
you could get one of the bad games that he had with the Oakland Raiders or, you know, the two seconds he spent on the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. And I think what was really interesting about it at the beginning uh, was kind of the different ways that people were valuing players. There was, I think, a couple of my other cousins were on a team together and they basically only drafted active players because they wanted smaller sample sizes. And to clarify, our current version that'll be out on the site, you can play with historical and, and active players. Right. So the historical players we draw random week four, and the active players that would be in your roster any given week this season will be whatever they do, whatever Christian McCaffrey does in week one. Yes. In our original version, we didn't have live sports to pull from during the pandemic. So we only had historical games for even active players. So yes, and an important clarification, the active players that you will pick on your Encore Fantasy football team it would just be like any normal fantasy football team. You will get the week that they're playing. You will get Christian McCaffrey's week one in 2022, not something from 2019 or 2018. But yeah, that's important clarification. It was also a pretty clever loophole that some of the players found because obviously guys who only had two years of playing, but were elite like Alvin Kamara, McCaffrey, their yep. stats were so good. We take all those things into account. So it's not as easy to game the system like that. There's a little bit more skill and planning involved to it. But there are still hidden gems in the historical world who maybe had shorter seasons than you would have expected, but were really freaking good in those seasons. And we'll talk about some of them as we go out throughout the course of the season. But in a nutshell, that's that's how this whole game came about. Now, Encore Fantasy Games itself as a company launched two years ago. We started out with a, a Pick 22 pool, which is a March Madness pool, which when March Madness comes around, I encourage you to come check out. It's a ton of fun. Real simple way to enjoy March Madness. You pick four teams whose seed equal 22. You get a point per win. Whoever has the most points at the end wins. You'd think that there'd be a lot of ties. Never really that many ties. Always one person hits that random team that makes the run, the Cinderella, and it takes them to the promised land. It's wild. I was thinking all the years <laughs> we've been doing it with our co-founder, Willie, who kind of came up with it, that there would be tons of ties and there are no ties. There are never any ties. All the different permutations that you can do is just crazy. So that's another fun game that we'll have plenty of on the site. Yeah. So we launched the site with that as a way to kind of, you know, one of the elements to our site too is is a way to see what your buddies are doing and have an interaction. So we have our clubhouse, which shows that. And so we launched that that Pick 22 pool to get people in and using the clubhouse and used to what it's like. And we've got some pretty good success. It's been a lot of fun. It, it's been a long journey because we've been trying to build, this is our flagship game, right? Encore Fantasy Football is what we've been trying to do. We're now here. And of course, now we've launched our flagship game and we're going into our first week of regular season with all of that what's the most natural next step have a podcast so here we are right obviously 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 yeah, yeah. plus this is the era of mental health walks and when people take their mental health walks outside you gotta have something to listen to and this is exactly the content that we're providing and it's fantasy football season it's topical it's relevant exactly it's what everybody needs right now another podcast so for the 12 of you who are listening we appreciate it we hope your mental health walk goes really well today we're gonna have a lot of fun throughout the course of the year we're gonna have some different segments every week we're gonna look back at what happened the week before we're gonna look at some of the big performances that happen. We're going to highlight a legendary performance from one of our historical players. Going forward, we're going to have our olds v. youngs, because who doesn't love a little generational fighting back and forth? So all of our legendary That's the whole point players, of this game. Like, it really is. Put, put the legends of the past on the same field of the legends of today and see what happens. Yeah. And I think that's one of the cool things about our game. And we talked about this from the original. There are a lot of like fantasy games out there that do simulations, right? Like oh, what would Babe Ruth do if it were fantasy baseball or Wilt Chamberlain, any of these things. But our game is taking actual games from these players past. It's not simulating them. It's not a guess. It's not some sort of formula that we put in. It's pulling a game from this player's past, the game they actually played, 
putting it in. That's their fantasy. So it's almost as if you were playing fantasy in the 70s with Fred Blitnikoff. You're actually getting a Fred Blitnikoff game, not what Fred Blitnikoff might have done at some point. Exactly. Exactly. This is a game that your dad can beat you at because he can play with all the players that he knew were great when he was watching. We'll look at who's been trending in what direction. It'll be interesting for current players because obviously that's real time that's happening for older players. It's fun to look at the trends. It is random, so it's hard to know how much the trends are going to help you with it. But you can start to see who consistently has good games pulled up because maybe that gives you an idea of what their career was like. You go and do a little bit more research there and say, oh, had no idea who William Andrews was. You're welcome for that one. Ollie Matson. Ollie Matson. See, this, there's me, another one. This is this is it's not completely I like it's not completely random because there's a closed set of of data points to choose from. So, you know, if you were if you wanted to get super into it, like a lot of daily fantasy people uh do, you could play percentages, you can, you know, figure out who were, you know, supernovas that burned. And we mentioned this a little earlier and we'll go into it again, but supernovas that burn super bright for a short period of time in an era that you have never even thought about before and could be huge players on your fantasy team or you can go with an old standby and be like i'm just anticipating that i'm going to get enough of their good games that you know it's going to work out for me exactly exactly and it's a lot of fun and so instead of having to go and pick up some random running back off the waiver wire who you think might get touches now you can go and grab one of these guys whose names are maybe a little bit lesser known and you could throw them in your lineup. So that's a good one. So we'll have that. And then we'll always, every week, we'll look ahead. We'll take a look at guys looking like a good value play or might be ready to go off or might be poised. We'll look ahead to the next week. And we've got some friends of the podcast and we'll talk about some of their projections. So that's going to be our general approach to things. So let's take a look at some of the players from last week. Let's talk about some of the top performers. The first one I want to highlight, why go any further back than Drew Brees? Obviously, he's an age-old legend who quit playing years and years ago. But one of his, I would say, better games, but it's probably a typical Drew Brees game popped up. And that was his 12-29-2013 game where he had 46.04 fantasy points. Mish, you got a little bit on that game for us? Yeah, I do. Just think about your normal fantasy week. I think most projections for quarterbacks is under 20, yeah. generally. And it's just crazy to think um that you know you're gonna pull a guy like drew Brees, who granted is a great quarterback but he had some stinkers in there and this is a chance where it's cool to think about someone like Brees, who has such a great career he you know he's just finished near the top of the passing touchdown charts and he this is a chance to take a look they it was the uh saints against tampa he threw for 381 yards four touchdowns had a quarterback rating of 157.4. No one really knows what that means. And he also rushed for a touchdown. Of course um, he did. Because he, he was a noted rusher. Because he was a noted rusher with his bad shoulder uh, and everything. The guy loved it. Uh, maybe it was his classic patented, um, you know, Drew Brees sneak where he just quickly reaches the ball over the top of the center um, at the it goal probably line. probably was. But, I mean, it probably was. That's kind of, that was kind of his jam. But, um, but yeah, it, like this is a cool opportunity when you see it pop up. Uh, on your roster. I mean, this is why you pull Drew Brees into your lineup. Um, exactly. You right. know, it, and it, this is why you do it for this possibility. Yeah. Well, and, and, and Drew Brees kind of takes us back to what the conversation we were having about Jerry Rice, right? Because when you're pulling a, a, a historical game, again, every single game of their career could potentially be what you pull. And you could have gotten Drew Brees in his San Diego Chargers uh, games, uh, you know, that maybe were or weren't there. You could have gotten him when he came in and filled in for a snap, you know, like it, it, so, but instead you get, you get the Drew Brees we all know, right? This is the Drew Brees we know from years and years where he would go out there and hit Mike Thomas with 
47 passes in a game or Marquez Colston. Yep. I mean, you could look at the two weeks before uh, this game, games that they lost. He threw in one game, he threw for under 300 yards. He did still have a touchdown, obviously, but he also threw two picks. And the week before that, he threw 56 times. So he accrued (laughs) a lot of yards, but he only had one touchdown and two interceptions. Uh, He also scored a touchdown running in that game, but the two picks will obviously hurt you. And like, this is, it looks like Drew Brees' December of 2013 is like why EFG, why Encore Fantasy Football is so fun uh, because you, you know, you're pulling Drew Brees, 34-year-old Drew Brees at this point, uh, playing for the Saints. And it's like bad, really good, meh meh and then unbelievable like that's what you've got for the whole month and those could all be games that pop up for you um it's fun because it's like a contained a contained world but still random within that world um so it's still kind of wait wait like waiting for what you're gonna see is still exciting just like it would be watching normal fantasy sports on the weekend exactly exactly uh that's awesome yeah so drew Brees, drew Brees is one i had uh he was obviously the top one of the top quarterbacks i think he was the top quarterback and it's a great game there 46 points is definitely a high game by any fantasy standards so always fun when that pops in so here's a name for you and let's go to our next guy reactions can be mixed to this but we've got the uh fantasy football legend oj simpson on tap oj simpson november 16th from 1969 which i believe was his rookie year and he had 30.03 fantasy points. OJ Simpson, 30.03 fantasy points on November 16th, 1969. Mish, what did he do that game? The juice was loose on uh, <laughs> November 16th, 1969. He had 72 yards rushing, which, you know, not crazy, but he also had three catches for 81 yards and two touchdowns. In the PPR world, that's where you're pulling it up. And this is an interesting, um, I'm not breaking any new ground here. Everyone knows that passing is much more a part of today's game than it used to be in the past. But even players like OJ Simpson uh, and other running backs from this era of the late 60s and early 70s, a lot of times what we've seen is they didn't have many catches in a game, but you could easily have a stat line where a guy has one or two catches for like 70 yards or in two touchdowns and he just broke it free. And this is a perfect example of that. Not many yards on the ground, um, but you know, he had 98 the next week, uh, but no touchdowns. So this was one of those like perfect grab it from juices rookie year, yeah. rack up the points. Yeah. And it's like, gone south guy, easy. Yeah. <laughs> could have easily could have easily, but it worked out nicely. Um, so, uh, so this is another, another good, like encore fantasy football in a microcosm is OJ Simpson from his rookie season with the bills. There you go. If you were bold enough to pick OJ Simpson for your fantasy team, because you can. Let's move over to the wide receiver side for a top performer. Again, maybe a more recent name than a lot of people are familiar with. Jordy Nelson. Jordy Nelson, November 13th, 2016. 30.6 points there. Probably, that's about right. I mean, 2016, near the end of his career, but uh, still a pretty solid game. What you got for us, Mish? So November 13th, 2016. First of all, you have Jordy Nelson just hanging out with Aaron Rodgers. That's always a good combination. Um, So this game, he had 12 catches for 126 yards and one touchdown. That is, like you said, kind of a classic Jordy Nelson, um, like high catches, not an insane amount of yards, but in the PPR world, like that's why you're getting Jordy Nelson. You're not looking for him to get 180 yards in the game. You're looking for him to get, you know, eight to nine catches, which he did one, two, three, four five times this season eight or more catches uh so that's the type of thing you're looking for and this is again perfect example of why you grab some with jordy nelson like 
kind of a, a decently long career, not too long, and enough that he piled up enough stats that he is the kind of player who could be hugely valuable in encore fantasy football, like smaller time frame from which to choose a better likelihood that you're going to pull a, a great game than a dud. Um, the, you know, there are just fewer duds to choose from, basically. I got to say, Mish, I'm pretty impressed. Your your fantasy analysis of these guys, for somebody who only picks New York Giants for their fantasy team, you seem to have a little bit of a grasp of other players in the league. Very impressive. Yes, that proves that I'm uh, making those Giants choices um, based on emotion, which is why I never win fantasy leagues. So thanks. Yes, but thanks for reminding us, Ben. But you're so happy when you look at your team afterwards. Yeah, until the games start being played, sure, yeah. When was the last time you were happy during a Giants game? Nope, I know when that was. Never mind, you didn't need to answer that. It's the last time any Giants fan was happy when you won the Super yeah, Bowl. that's right. 2012, that's it. <laughs> that's, that's basically it. No, 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 there was a stretch uh, in 20, like Odell Beckham's rookie year. Where I was like, oh, wow, the Giants have never had a guy like this. And then uh, they ruined that. So, um, yeah, but that was the last time. But then before that, it was a Super Bowl, obviously. Uh, let's talk about some of the guys who maybe weren't as good. Last week. So another great name. Everybody knows Bo knows and everybody knows Bo Jackson and Bo Jackson is a stud and he was a lot of fun to watch. But if you picked him last week, he was not so much fun in your fantasy team. We had him for his December 11th game, 1988, and he only had 6.4 yards. How did Bo get bottled up? Uh, That was against the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. So you can imagine on the concrete turf of mm. Ralph Wilson Stadium uh, in 1988, winter 1988, when, um, you know, winters were colder, uh, he just had 64 yards and his team lost 37-21. That was also like the beginning of the Jim Kelly era bills. Um, yeah. And so Bruce I'm Smith actually surprised. The defense. Yeah, so I'm actually surprised that uh, Bo, in 1988, Bo only had nine catches on the season and no touchdowns. Kind of surprised, especially in a game like that where they seem to be trailing for a large chunk of it, that he wouldn't get more like dump-offs, but that clearly just wasn't a part of his game at was that, that time. Was that early? Was Marcus Allen on the team at that point in time? Marcus Allen played 15 games that season, and in that game, Marcus Allen had 37 yards rushing, so fewer attempts and fewer yards rushing than Bo, but he also had three catches out of the backfield. Clearly just bottled up. Jay Schrader was their quarterback, the legendary Jay Schrader. The legendary um, Jay on, Schrader. On, on the other side, you had Thurman Thomas. Everyone knows Thurman Thomas. Yep. Bills. He had 106 yards rushing and a touchdown, but you also had Rob Riddick, who I've never heard of before, and he had 44 yards and two touchdowns rushing. Sounds like a fullback um, to me. Yeah, he does sound like a fullback back he had 44 yards on 11 attempts and two touchdowns along of 15 so yeah that was Bo Jackson splitting time with Marcus Allen um, and not one of the best I mean one of those situations where you pull Bo Jackson he was a supernova he burned super bright for a really short period of time disappointingly um, and that is just a clanger you know who's the coach of the Raiders that season was Mike Shanahan your boy was he really (laughs) yeah I didn't even know that I forgot. I completely forgotten that he coached the Raiders. Ah, uh, the um, joys so of going funny... back in time. The things that you I get know. To pull this up. is great. All right. This is see. This is what this is for. The people who like find themselves clicking through pages on Pro Football Reference and finding out weird quirks that they hadn't remembered. That's what Encore Fantasy Football is about, right there. Exactly. Like, take a bow, folks. Take a bow. Uh, you know, obviously, December eleventh, 
Bo Jackson was probably looking ahead to spring training. He probably already checked out of football at that point, I'm sure. So that's probably what it was. That's true. The Raiders were seven and eight going into that. Uh, no, seven and seven going into that game and ended up seven and nine in that season. So, yeah, I don't yeah. think he had really much to look forward to except getting back to the Royals, you know? Yeah. yeah. So let's move on to another bust from last week. Tory Holtz, the great Tory Holtz. Uh, this was October 12th, 2008. Now, Tory Holt had a lot of good years. But he also had some years on the back end and early on where he wasn't a part of the greatest show on turf. Talk to us about October 12th, 2008 for Tory Holt. October 12th, 2008 at the Washington football team. And it was a 1917 win for the Rams, but it was only a five catch 23 yard day for Tory Holt. He was targeted 11 times. And Torrey Holt did have drop issues, so that's not surprising. You got dinged by Holt's hands on that one. He only scored three touchdowns that season. So like you said, that was one of the famine seasons for Torrey Holt. 2008 would have been a little towards the back end of his career too, right? We were talking maybe two or three years away from the end at that point. So he was probably getting a little slow in the boots too. It was his second to last season. And the three touchdowns he scored that season were the last touchdowns he scored in his career. He played 15 games for Jacksonville in 2009 and scored no touchdowns. And like you said, Holt is a greatest show on turf for like the middle chunk of his career when he had 12, 10, 9, 10, and 7 touchdowns from 2003 to 2007. But before that, it's a little riskier. And after that, it's way riskier. Um, You're not going to get much. So Torrey Holt is, again, like Jerry Rice, not. We like to use Jerry Rice because everyone knows Jerry Rice. And everyone has like a, a an idea of Jerry Rice in their mind. This His career, Holt's career is not nearly as extended as long as Jerry Rice's was. But it's the same kind of idea that you've got a very, you've got a set amount of time where you could really like pile up the fantasy points but then you also have times on the like the outside of the bell curve where you are not going to. And it's it's like you picked up some team's fourth wide receiver off the waiver wire, an active player thinking that, oh, the top two wide receivers are hurt. He's going to get a lot of yards and a lot of targets. And then he doesn't. And you're like, wow, that was really dumb. That's yeah. that's the type of thing that you could see just like any other fantasy week. But, you know, it's with Tory Holt. Exactly. And obviously, since Tory Holt had his bad week. From a back end year this time and only had 7.3 fantasy points, you can safely pick him for the next time because it's obviously going to be early on in his career when he's good. That's how this works, right? You wish it would, but it's still random. In fact, in Encore Fantasy games, you run that risk. You could get the same game twice just because you get a game chosen from player's career. The number is randomly generated from the full list of that player's games every week. No game is removed. So on one side, that could be bad. But on the other side, you could get that Drew Brees game again if you pick Drew Brees. So, you know, there you go. Knows. Pretty interesting. We do have a bottom performing quarterback. Really is a great name in football. Not necessarily the best name in fantasy football. Steve Young on December 18th, 1988, had 5.7 fantasy points. Did not help his managers last week. 5.7 fantasy points from the quarterback position from Steve Young on the 49ers of the late 80s. I'm going to hypothesize that this was in a year that Joe Montana was still on a team. So you're probably were lucky to get 5.7 points from Steve Young because you could have gotten a lot less from 1988 from him. That is correct. Steve Young only played in 11 games that season. You've got a crisp <laughs> seven for 11 
for 120 yards and rushing, which we know Steve Young was famous for rushing. He had one rush attempt, nine yards. He was also sacked once. He had a quarterback rating of 100, but it looks like he didn't really play much of that game. And that is the risky run with someone like Steve Young, who did spend so much time behind Joe Montana. Obviously, if you get 1994 Steve Young, you're going to be having a great time. But this is one of those situations where, yeah, Steve Young, Hall of Fame quarterback, tons of touchdowns. Like, what a legend. He's a no-brainer. Let's draft him. Oh, yeah. Crap. I forgot that he was the backup to Joe Montana and got concussions like every other week, like Troy Aikman. And so got to worry about that. There we go. There's our look back to last week. Some of our top and bottom performers. In future weeks, we'll talk about current players too, but it's preseason week three, final week. Nobody cares about those guys. Half those guys got cut. I love you all. I hope you all the best in your NFL careers, but talk to me when you do something in a real week. Harsh, but true and fair. At least from a fantasy perspective, from a human perspective, you're right. We do care about them. But from a fantasy perspective, there's not much to talk about. <laughs> Let's move on. We're going to talk about one legendary performance, the top performance from last week. If you were smart enough to have started Clinton Portis in your lineup, you got his December 7th, 2003 game, which netted you a whopping 574 fantasy points i didn't even have to look this one up because as a broncos fan i remember watching this and i remember all five of his touchdowns in that game and he was fantastic along with his 200 and i believe 18 rushing yards michael yes quick who was that game against was it against the chargers no it was against the chiefs actually it was september 7th 2003 he had 218 rushing yards you're right on only 22 attempts which is pretty impressive and he had five touchdowns like you said and he also added in two catches for 36 yards So a five touchdown day for Clinton Portis. That is the type of thing you're looking for, especially with someone like Clinton Portis, a 22 year old Clinton Portis fresh off his ridiculous career at the university of Miami. Yeah. You're talking about an elite running back. You're talking about elite running back in a Mike Shanahan system with Mike Shanahan's own running. Like you, you, this guy, like he was running that guy, big running. Yeah. When we, when Denver was pumping out, this was just before Denver went on its run, pumping out thousand yard rushers. You never heard of a land Gary, Ruben drones. Mike Anderson had his years in there. Portis kicked that off by being just elite. He was a top pick and sadly, but not so sadly, it was when we traded him a couple of years later for Champ Bailey in what might have been one of the best trades for both teams ever. Portis went on to have some pretty darn good years for Washington Commanders. Portis is interesting because he played nine years in the NFL. In 113 games, he scored 80 touchdowns. Going back to our original Encore Fantasy game during the pandemic that we did by hand, a lot of guys use this calculation as who to draft. It's basically like games played divided by total touchdowns. So Clinton Portis, for example... Scored 80 touchdowns, 113 games. That is 1.4 touchdowns per game. So if you're just trying to play the odds, that's pretty good. Certainly a method. One method to think about, a more mathematical angle from a guy who you remember as having a pretty solid career, which he did have a pretty solid career. Um, but, you know, that's that's just one way to think about it. Games divided by total touchdowns to find out what your chances are of a guy getting a touchdown in any game pulled from his career. Let me tell you a better method. You pick the best players and you win. That's my method. It seems to work for me every time I do it. So that's what we're going to keep trying to do. Clinton Portis's December 7th, 2003 game, 57.4 fantasy points. That is the number three all-time fantasy performance. And again, just because it was pulled in this preseason week doesn't mean if you draft Clinton Portis or pick him for your team next week or any other weeks that you couldn't possibly get that game again. That's our legendary performance. We're going to talk a little bit about what's on tap for next week. One guy that pops up, 
and he's been pretty much maligned all preseason. It's kind of cruel to say he caught a break, but he caught a little bit of a break. Should I have kept him on our league? Maybe. You should not not. have kept him because he still seems to be a little out of favor, right? I agree. He is out of favor. And I texted a friend of ours about this and how it is macabre why he is back in favor and best wishes to Brian Robinson and hope that he is on the field soon because he seems like he's the real deal. But yes, Antonio Gibson back in favor just as the reality of the commander's running back situation. And he's a guy who for a couple years now, he can't he was a receiver in college. They were like, let's make him a running back. And as we've mentioned a couple of times in today's NFL, that is you know, PPR, he'll get dump outs out of the backfield. And then last year, JD McKissick stole all those dump outs from him. And I know that because I kept playing Antonio Gibson every week, hoping that this would be the week where he didn't because I'd kept him and sunk cost fallacy. I fell victim to it, but he is a guy. It's true. Ben's right. It's a value volume play. Our methodology for how you set your lineup in Encore Fantasy Football is that you get a certain number of projected points for the week and you can pick guys based on the points they're projected for that week. You cannot exceed the number, which for us is 125. So our projections for our historical players are based on their career average. That's their projection, their career fantasy points average. So some are up, some are down, which does give you an indication of, of how they are, their career may have been because if it's a big name that you recognize, but his projections are low, that means he probably had some years but weren't so good. For our current players, those projections are based on some other data that we have have and some of the data partners we work on obviously like all projections are they do fluctuate they are legit like any other fantasy sites projection like any anything you see on espn or yahoo or cbs this is the same as that yeah so gibson is one of those guys that you can probably get at a reasonable projection right now because as we mentioned people are down on him and even though robinson's not there his projection didn't exactly skyrocket after that so he makes for a pretty decent value play so that's one guy i had 13.59 projected points for Gibson on the Encore Fantasy Football page. So that for a starting running back, probably pretty good. Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Here's a receiver's name to put on your radar. Another guy was way out of favor last year, but he now has really gained the trust of his coach back. It is Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk has been having a great preseason. Debu Samuel started out slow in his career and then exploded when they started using him, moving him around the field, hitting him in screens, hitting him those quick hit shots, turning using him out of the backfield, that sort of thing. Ayuk is a very similar player, very similar guy. He's got all those same skill sets. Now he's got a better quarterback, potentially, or a quarterback that could open up some new things with Trey Lance. Ayuk is a guy that I think could really be that value play. And I'm guessing, and I, I know his projections are not that high, uh, right now, I don't know. 11.36 on our 11.36 for, for a receiver. It's pretty for good. Potentially number one receiver. Potentially. Now, we obvi- again, this is all about a value play. We obviously don't know what the 49ers are going to look like with Trey Lance. There seem to be a lot of positive vibes coming out of camp when you take away any conversation about Jimmy G. So Trey Lance, again, a bit more dynamic than Garoppolo. He can move around the field a bit more. And like Ben said, that opens up a lot of other options. So Brandon Ayuk, definitely a potential value play, uh, at least in terms of the projected points and how you're putting together your lineup on Encore Fantasy Football. I love it. I love it. And the last guy I have is Rashad Bateman out of Baltimore. Bateman is another guy that actually had a really good rookie year last year with uh, Lamar Jackson. They started building some chemistry. He was hurt a lot of the year, didn't play the whole time. But when he did play, he did look good. He has been uncoverable in training camp. He has been... One of the top guys besides Mark Andrews for Lamar Jackson in an offense that may only have three guys that catch balls and the third guy might be another tight end. That tells you a little bit how that's going on there. So 
Bateman is a guy who he's certainly cheap in your DFS leagues, and I'm guessing his projection is probably around 12 in our format there. He is 13 projection. 13, 13. there you go. Another value play that you could slot in there who could be a volume guy plus a skill guy in a matchup against the New York Jets. The Jets of the Jets. I, I actually would uh, piggyback onto that and say that speaking of lower projections, like Mike Davis is another potential value play for that same Baltimore. Ravens offense against the Jets. Obviously, J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards are definitely ahead of him on the depth chart. But in the DFS world, when you're thinking of one week plays, Dobbins is coming off his injury. Uh, Edwards is coming off an injury. Um, it's not fully clear who's going to play this week or what the load is going to be. And Davis has done pretty well with his opportunities during the preseason. So it's very possible that for one week, if you want to really go for value, Davis is currently projected for about 7.4 points. That is the type of guy that you could take a gamble on. If you want to try and spend some of your lineup capital elsewhere, that's an opportunity where you could steal a couple points, maybe a touchdown, maybe a couple catches, and all of a sudden he's already above his projection. So that's another name to think about on the Ravens. I love that. Uh, who else do you got for us, Mish? Gabriel Davis. I'm probably not the only person to be on Gabriel Davis, but I know that the Bills obviously lost their offensive coordinator to the Giants. But obviously we know about Josh Allen as an offensive fantasy machine in and of himself. And we know about his relationship with Stefan Diggs. But Gabriel Davis, a lot of people are super high on him with the Bills. And, you know, again, like Bateman, he's around 13 projected points. He's the kind of guy where if Diggs gets locked up, Josh Allen's going to be looking for other people. He's got Knox, but he also has Gabriel Davis on the other side. And I think this is someone who could have a big week, could have a big season. So I've been looking at him in drafts and trying to steal him late. And the same goes for Cortland Sutton. Sutton was targeted in the red zone. He had one of the highest red zone target percentages last year, but with some terrible quarterback. And now he has Russell Wilson. So if Russell trusts Sutton, and that trend continues. Now you're looking at better passes, better balls, better targets, more high quality targets from just a better passer. Sutton is someone definitely you could add this week and every week, as long as the projections stay low until maybe he starts overperforming and then you kind of lose that value. Um, and he kind of goes into the tier one category and you're like, oh, well, am I paying for production? I'm paying for this. I'm paying a higher price. It's why people buy, you know, nice luxury goods. I would actually take Sutton over Jerry Judy in that same offense. Judy might get a few more catches, but from everything I've heard out of camp, I think you're right on. Russell Wilson and Sutton appear to have a fantastic connection. He appears to be his go-to guy. Uh, local reporters there are talking about that and beating the, and marking that up, which makes him a pretty good play. Here's a name for you that comes from that short period of greatness that you might look at on the historical side. 11.45 fantasy points projected. Rudy Johnson, the former Bengals running back. Now, Rudy's career was pretty short, but he had a lot of good games in there that, as you recall, he was at the top of some of the fantasy leagues back in the day. And he might be just one of those savvy plays. He only played for seven years, but he had 12 touchdowns in three of those seasons. He had over 1,300 yards in three of those seasons. And he caught the ball a little bit, too. So Rudy Johnson's one of those short span guys that you might look at putting in at only 11.45 fantasy points. He doesn't eat up a lot of your projected cap space. So that's a name that I might put in there from the historical standpoint. Dominic Williams, who only played three seasons for the Texans from 03 to 05, 
He ended up having 28 touchdowns over his career in 40 games. The guy didn't score many touchdowns. He didn't have many games where he had multiple touchdowns, but he had a lot of games where he had at least one and a bunch of games where he ran for over 100 yards. And he also caught 154 passes in 40 games. So that is almost four catches a game. That's four points for you right there. From a, from a um, running back? Yeah, he's a, he's a top one there. But he's he's definitely not going to be at a discount. There's no way he's at a discount. But he is a good player uh, no, sure. no, no, no. True. Not a discount. He's at 19 points. Not necessarily a value play, but just another fun example of like, here's a guy, short NFL career, played really well. Let's see what you can nab from the historical player side of things. Funny enough, he's actually the second highest rated Texans running back behind Arian Foster. For as short as his career was and as successful as it was, Arian Foster was that much better. Interesting from a, from a yeah, projection he's standpoint. A value, he's a value in terms of picking Texans running backs, if that means anything. I don't yeah. think it does, but I'm just saying if it did. Because obviously when we think about the great running backs of all times, we go to the Texans. I don't know. All right. Obviously a lot of good choices out there. It's a lot of fun to scroll through the different positions and see current guys, how they're projecting historical players, how they're projecting and what they'll do. There's a ton of options when you're setting your lineup, right? You can go off of the best possible players. You can go off of players from one team, your favorite team, your favorite college, go Washington state, obviously. Um, but uh, you know, Go Irish. Irish. Of course. Of course, you'd be a bandwagon fan. That makes total sense. There's a lot of different ways that you can do this, though. A lot lot of options, a lot of things to look at, but uh, we'll do our best to kind of help highlight some of those guys for you and and keep you appraised on that. So when you're going in, playing in these pools, uh, you have have your best chance to win because it's all it's about putting the best lineup on there. Really encourage you if you have the time. Go to www.encorefan.com and play the game. We do a weekly pool. It's open to everybody. There's going to be a little bit of prize money given away. It's free to play, so you don't have to pay anything. You can be able to go in and and build your lineup. And it's also fun just to go in and put an entry in there, get some of your buddies to put an entry in there. And you can even have a little side side bet going on there. Maybe do one of your shame bets. You know, I'm sure that there's some way, Mish, that I could find to shame you by beating you. I mean, already beat you once this year already. We're doing this whole thing because we're launching this site and we really do think it's a great way to enjoy the legends of the past with the current greats of today. And it's the whole premise of Encore Fantasy Games. Eventually, we'll have the same type of format game for baseball, the same type of format game for basketball. But we start with football because fantasy football is the greatest. It's just a really fun way to not have to worry about the regular stresses of fantasy football. We all love fantasy football, but this is another way to kind of appreciate like football as it's happening now, as it's happened before, combine those two things. You set a lineup in our league and encore fantasy football. One of your guys from the past isn't going to be hurt at the last minute and miss a game because you're only pulling from games that he's actually played. Granted, it's possible they got hurt within those games, but they're never going to miss a full game. So there's never that risk. When you draft Marshall Falk, you get all the games Marshall Falk plays. The games that he didn't play, they're not populated. So you don't have to worry about that. So it's just another way to have fun with it. Part of the fun of fantasy football or one of the biggest parts is just creating lineups with players based on your valuation method, a new valuation method, whatever. We think this is another fun opportunity to do that. Like Ben said, so many different ways to do it. A full lineup of legends, a full lineup of active players, a combo, guys from the same team, guys from a Super Bowl team. You can piece it together any number of ways. Yeah. And, 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 uh, you know, we always welcome feedback too. Once you're in the site, there's a lot of ways to get a hold of us and let us know what you like, what you don't like. While this is our flagship offering, it's always improving and getting better. And that's a big thing for us. It's all free to use. We want to keep it free to use. We want to start to create games and methods for you to do everything with. 
uh, this and really just kind of enjoy it. So give us feedback, let us know, and we continue to work and improve on things. We're going to be tweeting throughout the season of highlights of great games that we have at Encore Fantasy on Twitter, at Encore Fantasy Games on Instagram. The website for the game is www.encorefan.com. All right. Thank you all for joining us on this first podcast. We had a lot of fun doing it. Go tell everybody about it. So next time, instead of there being 12 people who have listened to it, there'll be 13. It's going to be fantastic. And we'll be back next week. We'll be back every week from here on out. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. For Michael and myself, this episode is history. History.